Battle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. I couldn't tell. Yes, I've mentioned it before, I think. <laughs> oh, we're liable. It's on now. Oh, we're liable. Well, hi, welcome back. Welcome back to Battle Ready. We are trying to find our chapters and verses. We are in First Chronicles chapters um, 12 and 13. I believe is where we're going to pick up at. Oh, 13 and 14. Or 13 and 14. <laughs> we just talked about 12 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, 13 and 14. Yes. Okay. So, I uh, want to thank you for joining us. I hope we can just talk this through and learn something together as we go through it. So, Laura, go ahead and start. <laughs> okay. So, the last time we were together, yeah, we talked about uh, David's... Friends that were friends in the bad times being honored in the good times. Mm-hmm. David's anointed king in, in Israel. He's not just king of Judah, which is his tribe and his territory, but he's king of all 12 tribes. And they come in to worship him. And these men of all kinds of different backgrounds and strong in skill and strong in heart and strong in courage and strong for the Lord that have been with him in the worst situations being persecuted by Saul are now honored in the previous chapter that we had for and they're honored to sit beside the king when he's on the throne and then what we're going to have is david learning a very hard lesson you remember i said a couple weeks ago that sometimes the bible hurts my feelings Mm -hmm. and it really does we i'm not going into that again don't worry but i will say that this week's story hurt ben's feelings <clears throat> I mean, it kind of hurt my because feelings too. This week, when Ben and I were in his, and and it's funny, it's not funny, it's God, how things line up. In his school reading this week, this was the story, mm-hmm. and when he read this story, his heart hurt. We kept going back to it, like we'd we'll read that story and we'll read it more than one time in the week. And he kept going back to it and said, "I can't believe that that God would do that." Mm-hmm. It just really bothered him, and I'm like, oh, "Okay." And we'd talk about like why this happened and what was going on in this story and who's really at fault is it the man and we'll get there but is it the man who reached out and studied the ark or is it someone else's fault that Mm -hmm. should have been paying attention Mm -hmm. and protecting him Mm -hmm. and and it was just a really hard lesson for him this week to think about you know what he kept saying was but he meant to do good Mm -hmm. he meant a good thing right Mm -hmm. and it it is this is one of those lessons that you go ouch lord Mm -hmm. that and david says ouch Mm -hmm. this is a lot Mm -hmm. right it says he gets Mm -hmm. angry about it too he not only gets angry it says he gets afraid he's like Uh well how can i bring the ark to me and we're going to talk about all that but this is one of those stories where it is important that we know and just start out by saying that god is holy and sovereign and what he says he means, mm-hmm. right? And when he said, and, and, and we and we tend to, and I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead into your thought, but we tend to think if the crowd thinks it's a good idea or we think it's a good idea, that it must be a good idea. But if we don't consult God about what we're doing. Well, I think <clears throat> in this case, I think. This, this is my theory or my thought. Okay. You tell me how you weigh it out, okay? Mm-hmm. But I think being human beings who are born in sin, mm-hmm. The best judge of right and wrong that we honestly have outside of the Word of God is intention. Mm-hmm. We say, but that's not what I meant, mm-hmm. right? We say, I, I didn't, I, that's not what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. And then on the basis of that, we decide whether our actions that we took were right or wrong. Well, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't think that would be the consequence. So I'm not really wrong, right? Because that's not what I meant to do someone's dead but God is not born in sin right God is is holy Mm -hmm. and righteous and perfection 
it God, God knows this is right and this is wrong. That's why he gives us his word as our protection and our guide so that when our feelings get in the way and our intentions get in the way, but it, we have a solid, solid, clear path to follow. There's a couple of things to that. There's a place that tells us <clears throat> that our heart is continually wicked. Our feelings and our emotions change they, you can't trust our feelings and our emotions, right? We know that. But I thought about, I thought about, and I don't know, this is maybe, I don't know if I'll be able to say this the right way, but we talk, we have talked about some of the writers that have said, you know, God being a lion, roaring like a lion. And that's, that's a phrase that is near and dear to my heart when I hear it. But if I had a lion in my house, mm -hmm. that's I terrifying. would not be... I would be respectfully circumspect of what I did. And you'd keep your distance. Because it's a lion. Right. And sometimes I think is. we think that God thinks the same way we do. And therefore, we can tell him what to do or we can say <clears throat> what needs to be done. Or he's going to judge it the same way we would. When the fact is, his ways are higher than our ways. And he is the ultimate everything. Right. I agree with and, you. And, and I know that's a hard line because he is love. God loves us all. He is very definitely love, but he means what he says. Right. And there will come lots of things. And I've thought about this, this in my life a lot. There's things that you do that I don't necessarily run and ask permission or ask advice first. And that is very wrong because then well, I end up getting myself in all kinds of messes. I mean, even our human legal system takes into account, what did you, did you intend to kill him? Mm -hmm. You know, if you're on trial, there's a difference between I meant to kill him and I thought about it before and I premeditated it. But don't forget God allowed that. He said <coughs> oh, if you didn't. Because he knows us. And he said, if you, I'll make this city of refuge, I'll make this place for you to go. You still but, have to suffer the consequences. But what I'm saying is there's, there's only so much the human mind we don't can, have the ability. Can comprehend about the truth. That's why we have God's word. That's why God's word is the rock that I it agree. is. We don't have because the ability. We don't have that. the ability to separate intentionality from right and wrong. I am not psychic. I right? can't read why you did what you right. did, and you can say whatever you want, right? But I, 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 I jotted down some things that <laughs> I, that in scripture are like that, where you think, "Wow, that seems like an over response on behalf mm -hmm. of God, or an over response." to on behalf of Jesus walking the earth and one of them that I wrote down was in Matthew chapter 16 and around verse 22 but I'll start at uh verse yeah well I'll start at verse 22 <clears throat> and and what's funny about this verse is it comes on the heels of Jesus saying to Peter who do you say that I am and Peter says you're Jesus the son of God right mm -hmm. and Jesus says upon this rock Matthew I'll build 16, my church what? 22 it's right after this thing he said I, and and the things you bind in heaven bind on earth will be bound in heaven things you loose on so, oh. so much authority so much so much trust that god's putting mm -hmm. into this person and then it says i'm going to go back to verse 21 so verse 21 says from that time forth began jesus to show his disciples how that he must go into jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day and then now, now Peter's. I want you to think about his intention. Then yeah. this is his leader. This is his friend. This is the Messiah. This is the King. And Peter doesn't even do this like out publicly. Peter takes him aside. Says then Peter took him and, and began, began to rebuke him, him, saying, "Be it far from thee, <clears throat> Lord. This shall not be unto Stop. thee." Stop right there, though. <clears throat> the fact that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. 
that's no different than what we do, right? right? When we start Lord, telling God, that can't you be don't right. mean this. This isn't right. right. What mm-hmm. you're saying, you need to stop saying. I don't Peter could have thought, he's depressed. Mm-hmm. Peter could have thought, he's tired. He's mm-hmm. overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, he's supposed to come here and rule and reign. He's the Messiah. He's the king. He needs to quit talking like that or people are going to lose confidence in him. Mm-hmm. He's doing, he, in his His mind, intention is... Mm-hmm. To make Jesus in the best light, right? Then, make him think right. But what? And this seems like an over response, uh-huh. right? In verse 23, it says, But he turned, that being Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Can Ouch. you imagine Peter's heart? Ouch. Uh-huh. Can you imagine? He's thinking, Because Peter's thinking, I'm just trying to help you. Uh-huh. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> Jesus said, you're speaking like my en- my worst enemy mm-hmm. because you don't care about what God sent me to do. You only care about what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I would just be thinking, if I was Peter, that would have hurt so badly. Mm-hmm. Right? It I, I to agree. get it that far wrong and to upset him to the that level that he would call way. you Satan. Mm-hmm. Get behind me, Satan. Satan was using Peter in that moment to discourage him from going to the cross, which was the whole reason he came. There's another story I wanted to turn to just really quickly if you don't care. No, don't it's care. in 1 Kings chapter 13. So this is another one of those ones that you say, that's, that's kind of uh, severe. <laughs> mm-hmm. For somebody who really didn't do that much wrong, <clears throat> right? It's just the, the, this is the story. I don't know how much we want to read about it, but this is a story about a, a, a one young prophet and one old prophet. Mm-hmm. And the young prophet is sent to deliver news to the king, and God gives him instructions. The word of God comes to him and says, whatever you do, Return straight, straight back, back home. Do not turn in anywhere. Don't stop in anywhere. Don't spend the night. Don't go in and have a meal. He tells him, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But this young prophet goes and he warns the king. He delivers his message. And on his way back, he meets an old prophet, a prophet of God. And the prophet of God says, oh, come on in and stay with me. Have a meal. Stay the night with me at my house. And he, and he says, no, I can't. God told me not to. He said, listen, I'm a prophet of God just like you. Mm-hmm. Come on in, stay with me, have a meal, leave in the morning. That's mm-hmm. what you need to do. Mm-hmm. The young prophet <clears throat> does it. Respecting the old prophet says, well, you know, he's a man of God too. He knows more than I do. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and the next day he's killed by a lion. By a lion. Right? It, it says that um, the sin of the prophet, I just, if you find the verse, maybe you don't have to, but... Verse 20, it starts with, he came, Go ahead. and it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, That's saying, to the old prophet. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the word of God came to the old prophet and said, you've made a horrible mistake. But it was You your, didn't consult me. But in my... You thought what you thought would be the best thing to do. And what you think about that is it's this old prophet's fault. It is his fault. And he knows it's his fault. Mm-hmm. Right, he, uh-huh. he it, it, God doesn't come to the young prophet again. He already told him. He goes to the old prophet and says, you've made a horrible mistake. And the old mm-hmm. prophet has to say, you got to get out of here right now, but it's too late. It's too late. He's already done it's what he's not supposed to do. Right? I'm not trying. I'm not seeing the verse you're wanting, but I, I know what you're looking for. It just says, and it came to pass, verse 23, after, after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk and after he had saddled for him the donkey to wit for the prophet whom he had brought back, when he was gone, a lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the donkey stood by it, and the lion also stood by the carcass. And behold, men passed by and saw the carcass cast in the way, and the lion standing by the carcass. And they came and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. 
And when the prophet that brought him back from the way heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him, and slain him according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. You know, you talk about God being a lion, and he is. He's a true lion. Mm -hmm. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's pictured as a lion and a defender. He's not tame. But Satan is like a lion. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say mm -hmm. Satan is a lion. It says Satan is like a lion. Mm -hmm. And he roves about seeking whom he may destroy. And here's how he destroys you. He has you question the word of God. He has you respect the opinion of people higher than God's word. Mm -hmm. Right? He has you think with your feeling and your intentionality instead of with truth. And thinking that you're a little bit kinder mm -hmm. than the word of God. You're a little bit kinder than the purposes of God. Mm -hmm. So you soften that. Do you realize the danger and softening God's word so that people don't mm -hmm. have a righteous fear of him and don't have a right respect for him mm -hmm. and a reverence for his word, what you've done. It sounds like you're being nice and sweet and that, well, we want everybody to come into church and if they hear, you know, some of these things God says, that might drive them away. But when we lie to them about the word of God, do you realize, realize what we've done and how how Jesus could turn and look at us and say, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you undid. You're undoing what I came to do. I can't mm -hmm. See, he can't save them unless he convicts them of sin. Mm -hmm. He can't help them until they know they need help. And they have to have right? a righteous fear, right? You have the fear of the, the Lord. The things the that God, God, not everything God brings to you is pleasant, but everything God brings to you is beneficial. So sometimes it's not nice to hear mm -hmm. that I'm in trouble and that I need a savior and mm -hmm. that I've got a sin problem and I need, I'm in danger mm -hmm. of judgment, mm -hmm. but I need to hear that mm -hmm. so that it, this, the grace of God can come in and this do it. Story, this story, this old prophet, young <clears throat> prophet story told today, you, and if you're not careful, you still do. You look to see what the old prophet suffered. Yeah. But the old prophet doesn't he didn't. suffer. Because it wasn't, it, it, you know. Regardless of the old prophet's intention. Right. The young man knew the word of God. And he knew what he was supposed to do. And he said, rather than have respect for the word of God, I'll have respect mm -hmm. for the opinion of this man. Mm -hmm. And, and he paid we, for it. It would be easy to fall into that, but that's just as dead. But you stand before God on mm -hmm. your own two feet. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we don't, God is holy. We live in a society that doesn't like that. We live no, in we a society don't. where it's not my fault that I'm not where I should be. It's not my fault I've been oppressed. It's not my fault I'm this. It's not my fault I didn't do whatever. And Scripture, God holds you accountable for your own actions. And that should be a little bit scary for everybody. Because when you start thinking about why you do what you do and you can blame it on something else, stop. Because that's not, he's not going to say, oh, well, I get it. They told you to do that, so you did that. No. What did you do with what you knew? And it should be a good warning, myself included, to all of us. When you know what he says to do, then it doesn't matter what someone else says. I've got one more. Okay. And it relates to today's story, too, with the reason that David's bringing the ark up, why it's mm -hmm. not in a certain place oh, at a time. So uh, way back <clears throat> before Saul, Samuel is the priest and he's the prophet to the people. And the high priests, Phineas and I can't remember the other one's name right now. I just went out. Hophni and Phineas, who are sons of Eli that grew up with Samuel, are very wicked priests. And the people have not are not going to the temple like they're supposed to. No, it's not the temple, but the tabernacle like they're supposed to. They're not in a right relationship with God because of how evil the spiritual leadership is at that time with those two boys. Mm -hmm. 
And the Ark of the Covenant is taken with them into battle. Now, it usually is. Because the presence of God when they were in battle was like the standard. Mm-hmm. Like, like carrying the American flag into battle. This, that God is with us. But God wasn't with them because they were far from God. They were disobedient to God. And God, they lost that battle. God told mm-hmm. them they were going to lose that battle. Mm-hmm. Right? And the, the Ark is captured by the Philistines. The Philistines put it in the house of Dagon, their false god. And some strange things happen with that. I'm not going to talk about that whole story. But there, uh, God's presence is more powerful than false gods. And, and he makes it known. Mm-hmm. They get afraid of this Ark of the Covenant. And so they send it back, and they do a test to see if this is really God. Mm-hmm. And, and they take some, some cattle that have just recently calved and have babies, and they're mm-hmm. never going to leave their babies, right? God makes them good mamas. And they put the Ark of the Covenant on a cart behind those calves, knowing on, that they'll never the calves, leave their babies. On the cows, knowing they'll not leave their babies, and they go just straight Toward it, they leave their babies behind and they go straight toward Israel, carrying that cart with the Ark of the Covenant, Lowing taking it back. As they go, and and that's, I mean, so it comes back into Israel's territory, and then in First Samuel chapter six, verse, I'm gonna start eighteen. It, eighteen talks about them putting, you know, they put golden mice gifts to God to say, "We're sorry, please don't bother us." <laughs> in, into the it, with the Ark that they take there, and it says. Um, <clears throat> And the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines, belonging to the five lords, both of fenced cities and country villages, even unto the great stone of Abel, whereon they set down the ark of the Lord, which stone remains unto this day in the field of Joshua the Beth Shemite. And he smote the men of Beth Shemesh because they looked into the ark of the Lord. Even he smote of the people, listen to this, don't miss this, 50,000, threescore and ten men. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of men. Mm-hmm. Over 50,000 men died because, because they, they presumptuously looked into this ark. Uh, what is this ark? This is the key feature in the tabernacle and in mm-hmm. the temple. Mm-hmm. This is the place where God said, this is seat. where I will meet you between these two cherubim on this mercy seat of God. When you offer the blood of the lamb, the high priest offers the blood of the lamb. God will have reverence for that. He'll roll back the sin of the people. This is the place where I will meet with you in this holy place. And when these men, either ignorantly or rebelliously, because these are men of their own territory, Mm -hmm. right? Now, they may not know because there's been such a lack of leadership that they may not know how holy this Mm -hmm. ark is when they look Mm -hmm. into it. Regardless of that, when they look into the ark, Mm -hmm. 50,000 men die. Mm -hmm. Seems like an overstatement, right? Mm -hmm. Seems like a lot. For God to require for something that's seemingly not that big a deal, but it is a big deal. It is a big deal. Why is it such a big deal? That why why are these things we're talking about? So it's not just that God says, No, don't do that. It is a instant and severe response. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he means what he says. And they, yeah, but God and said, they has said a lot of things. things. And when I tell God said, "Thou shalt not bear false witness," everybody that tells a lie doesn't drop over dead. No, that's right. True. That's so true. why is it such a severe? Not that you should lie. I'm not saying that. But why is this such a big deal? God is He. This I know people don't believe when I say things like this. Like people get, this is the grace and mercy of God. And let me tell you why. Mm-hmm. To let us think. <clears throat> 
that we can do it sinful way. human beings like us can come into the presence of God and just casually be there without the blood of Christ applied, without that atoning blood that goes on mm-hmm. the altar. For us to think that is such a huge mistake mm-hmm. to die lost and think that I'm going to casually stand before God. And this is what I've heard people say, and I will tell them I've done more good than I've done bad. I've done the best I can. Mm-hmm. We say, well, that sounds okay. His intention is good. Yeah, he has he's a good God neighbor, said. right? Mm-hmm. And we say that all the time. We're like, you know, that doesn't sound so bad for you to make a statement like that. That may be the most evil thing that can come out of your mouth. Because what you're saying is, I'm worthy to stand in the presence of a perfect and righteous and holy God without the covering of the blood, without the offering of Jesus Christ. How dare you? Yeah. Right? You mm-hmm. can't look into the ark. This is a very serious You can't look into the ark. You can't treat it like an idol. It's not yeah, an idol. It's not a good luck choice. And, and there's no, if you watched um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it doesn't contain alien powers or mystical spirits. The ark itself is a, is a piece box. of wood covered with gold. gold. Mm-hmm. The reason this is precious is because it represents that nice. place where God has said, here's mercy, and only in this place. Mm-hmm. Right? There's That's Jesus. Of, there's a lot right? of... Scripture for how you treat it, what you do with it, how you carry it, what you, and we're going to get to that, I know, into this story, but without the shedding of blood, Christ's blood, he told you, there Mm -hmm. is no remission of sin. And this is not a casual light. Like you hear people say, well, you know, I just don't really know how I feel about Jesus. He's okay. Jesus is all right. He's, he, other religions have good things in them too. You don't know what you're saying because this is a holy Perfect, righteous God, right? And Mm -hmm. we have no business coming close without Christ. And he doesn't make an exception. Without Christ. But But it doesn't make an exception, right? I mean, he has told us in his word what he expects. Many times over. And then all of these examples, it's your call. What do you do with what you know, right? He has said, this is what I expect. If If it's not stretching the metaphor too far. Okay, what we're going to get read about is David moving the ark back into his territory. He wants mm-hmm. to put it back in Jerusalem. He wants to. It's in in territory mm-hmm. in Israel, but not in the capital city. He wants to bring it back in. To, he's asked his leadership, and his leadership and that's, thinks that's, that's a what great we're gonna, idea too. Yes, and that's what we're going to read about. But I'm just saying, it's not a bad thing he's intending. You, Okay, so the ark did go with them into battle. They took the ark into battle. They took the the ark was mobile. Mm-hmm. They was it was to be carried, and I wrote it down. It was in it's in Exodus chapter thirty two, I think. It says they make golden one. poles, make golden rings. You don't touch it. Mm-hmm. You can touch the the staves, and the, not only the can poles, you not touch it. The priests have to carry the only it. Only specific <clears throat> priests can touch it. And only when they've been anointed. Mm-hmm. Only when they've been sanctified can they carry this. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was mobile. But don't get the idea that God is someone you drag along following your plan. Mm -mm. The ark doesn't follow. The ark leads. Mm -hmm. We follow. Always we follow. Right? That's Jesus. And the kind of what David does here is say, here I am in Jerusalem. We're having a great time. We finally overcome the enemy. And, and God and has here set we me are. Up. God has set me God has up. blessed He's me. made me king. Let's drag him along with my plan. Let's bring him back. It's not without significance, I don't think, that the place that this ark is, the city that it is, which is called something Jerome. I got to go back to Chronicles. I looked it up today. 
the place where it's hanging out, and by the way, David tells you why it's hanging out there. It's because Saul did not consult the ark, mm -hmm. did not take the ark into battle. He did not consult God about what he was going to do. So the ark's kind of just been hanging out over here, almost losing the significance of what it is to during Saul's people. reign. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is it's, it's over in this city that is on the border between Benjamin, which is Saul's family's territory, and Judah, which is David's We're family's not territory. Abedab, are we? No, I, if you go if you go to thirteen where we okay. were, the the city that it's in is called something Jerem. Hold on, just one second. Kirjath Jerem. I looked up that city. Today. Where is that? Is that significant? Well, it's right on the border of Benjamin and Judah. It's right on the border. David's like, I don't want it on the border. I want it in the heart of Jerusalem. I want it right where I am. The city right? of David. I want this it with last me. Last lesson it was good to But the idea the is. He says, okay, let's read here. Let's read the first four verses and, and David, talk about it. Okay, so we're in First Chronicles chapter 13, verse Dave, 1. So if you weren't with us last time, when I say, the reason I say it's on the border, Saul was a Benjaminite. Saul, and it's just down there, wait, nobody's paying attention to the ark at this time. And David is from the house of Judah, he says, and Judah's going to be the capital of the entire 12 tribes, mm -hmm. and we want it right here. <clears throat> okay, and verse 1. <clears throat> and David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it, it seem good, good unto you. you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites, which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And I know it sounds like I'm being nitpicky, okay? Mm -hmm. I know it I does. Know, I know what you're going to go I ahead. know it does. Mm -hmm. And David is a man after God's own heart. He's God's chosen, anointed king. He's who the Messiah is coming from. God has mm -hmm. honored him. But he's got that out of order. He has that absolutely out of order. The statement is, if it's okay with you guys, and then God, and then God says it's okay too. Mm -hmm. David reversed the other that. way around. And this I, is and a hard know, lesson. This lesson was hard too. This is a hard lesson. Everybody, everybody looks at David, and you know the Bathsheba, Uriah, the Hittite. This incident. isn't like he's this not intentionally a, doing anything. His intention but is this good. This is still a sin. This but is still this is wrong. Not a mistake. This is still a, this is an error on David's yeah. part. It is not a good thing that David does this. It's a hard lesson, and it is a hard lesson. But I guess the part that I took from it too is. I think it's I, I think it's good that he's consulting with the people, but God should have been first. Should have been let's let's get some priests in here mm -hmm. and let's and let's out how go we to God this. and mm -hmm. see if this is how He would like to do this. Mm -hmm. Now the priests know how to move the ark. They do. It's in the Word of God, given by Moses, copied by Joshua. Every they have this. They have that. They know this that. is in the tabernacle. And then though, look, they though, know what to do. Says, but we don't consult them at first. We mm -hmm. say, well, you guys think it's a big good idea? Because we think it's a good. And thing. if it's okay with God too. And I'm king. But I don't think he's like doing it. I don't think David's doing anything like if from a human standpoint, he's not being arrogant. He's not being, he just wants to, he has a good intention. Let's bring the ark of God here. And I know, right? I noticed this and I don't know. I know, you know, the Philistines fight them on and mm -hmm. off and have been fighting them, but the brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel kind of implies to me, Scattered. I think that you know they've had some damage mm -hmm. this is a this is kind of a this pull a everybody together thing. yes so so this belongs to all of us here is a thought that i don't know if i'll say it well but here's a thought 
sometimes we do things like that. The, you know, maybe our church has been tore apart or scattered or hurt or harmed or whatever it is. And we think we're doing a good thing, but we haven't consulted God first before we start to do that. Maybe, and I, I don't know, for me, this whole lesson was how many times in my life have I just thought I knew what the answer should be? Well, I know what it is. If we don't, if we don't have this, then we have to do that. And if we, wait a minute. Sometimes when I read lessons like this, I wonder why am I still alive? <laughs> yes. Because I, yeah. in my opinion, from humans, I've made way worse mistakes than David's well, yes, here. I agree. Right? I agree with that. I have done things way worse than what I, what I think this what is. What I think it is. What, but what God thinks this is is a picture of coming before Him without the blood of Christ. I want you to get that mm-hmm. because you can't do that. And you can't do that if you want blessed right? in your life. The Bible says you, you can't go... look upon Him and live. Right? The Bible says that. Yes. And then God took Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses said, I just I just want to see you. Mm-hmm. How dare he ask such a thing, right? Because mm-hmm. God's already told him, you can't look on me and live, Moses. Moses like, Lord, can I just, can I take see a peek? See a little bit? Yep. And can God takes Moses mm-hmm. and he sticks him in the cleft of a rock. And he said, the Bible says he covered him with his hand. He said, now Moses, I'm going to walk by. It's that. And you can get a glimpse of part of me. It's that reverential fear of God. It's realizing it that is. we submit to him. Right. But in Hebrews, the writer tells us that rock was Christ. Yep. <laughs> the rock yep. that followed them and the cleft of the rock, that's Christ. Yep. So what I'm saying, do you want to peek at You want to peek at God? You want to be able to be, not be destroyed in his presence? Well, you need to be in the cleft of the rock. You need to be covered by his hand. Yep. That's Christ. Yeah. And if we think we're going to just stroll into his presence without not Christ, only that, it is a severe see, mistake. I, don't, I, I agree. I absolutely agree with all that. But I'm, not, I'm saying not only that, David knows God. David mm-hmm. has a relationship with God. But for a moment, he's, he is not asking God what God wants. First. And I think he's doing it second. In my opinion, and for me, this lesson has been about wait a minute, you do take off sometimes thinking you already know from experience what to do and how to do it. And there are so many what God could do situations here that he might not have even had to bring it up. And I've already said it a thousand times with good intentions. With good intentions. I'm not, you're right, true. We have good intentions. It was good intentions. But we need to be careful not to run and jump before we truly seek God's mm-hmm. answer. We don't we somehow think we always know what the best thing is. I know and what I Let me I give you do. this one from a preacher's daughter's opinion, okay? Okay. I'd have people now over the years you're not supposed to be listening. They always banish you to the outer room. <laughs> the people will come when make you got us the pastor, when I you got us the preacher cuz they send us to make coffee. People will come over and ask advice of the pastor. Just know their children are in the other room with their ear to the door. But that shouldn't be. But they But are. that's where we are. So we're I've listened to a lot of conversations and as far as I know, never told anybody any of them. As far as I know, I don't know. But cuz I was little, but I can remember people coming over and my dad had a Barkus trait of if you asked a question, you got his answer. He answered your question. Most of the time, when people ask a question, they don't want the answer to their question. They want you to say, "Well, of course, that's the best you could do in that situation." Poor baby, right? And of course, it's okay. And they want you to make them feel better about what they've already decided to do. Mm-hmm. So when you ask the question and someone honestly answers the question, it can it can feel offensive, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Right? Yes. So you had good intentions, but they tell you your intentions are wrong. They tell you, here's what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. 
And the response is anger. Mm -hmm. Right? And in this situation, we have a very similar thing. The word of God has said, this is how the ark is to be moved. Mm -hmm. Right? If you'd ask me. And the word of God is Mm -hmm. unchanging. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So intentions really are irrelevant. You would think if he was going to make an exception, he would have made it for David. But he doesn't. But he doesn't. Because you know what? The only thing that makes David David is God God and David. Mm -hmm. Right? And realizing God that, using and, and another piece of that, I don't know where this is in this lesson. Maybe we'll get to it. Maybe we won't. But the other thing is everything David has came to him from God. Yeah. Right. Everything we have has come to us from God. If we sit and say, oh, look at my house or look at my car or look at my job or look at what I did. Remember? You got that through the grace of God, through what God allowed you to have. You have nothing on your own. Well, David sits down one day with good intentions, Mm -hmm. and he says to Nathan the prophet, I've got this idea. He said, I want to build Build God a house. He said, here I am sitting in a castle, Mm -hmm. and the ark of God is sitting over here decaying outside in the weather. He said, I want to do something great for God as if his intention is right, as if he can do something something great for God. And the prophet says, sounds like a great idea. Right? That sounds amazing. I get it. That's wonderful that you want to do something for God. And then he starts to leave, and God's like, you better go back in here and tell him the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, I say no. You can't. The truth is, I'm not. He's not going to build a house for me. I'm going to build his house for all eternity by Mm -hmm. making the Messiah come Mm -hmm. through his family. Not only that, the temple that's going to be built, I'm going to have his son build it because he's been involved in these things with mm-hmm. blood and he's mm-hmm. got some issues that mm-hmm. he said I love David but he's not going to build the temple his son's going to build the temple mm-hmm. it, it it always comes back to we it, it sounded good but it's not know. right that's a very scary place good. because for many Christian people things sound right that I think makes people sense. look for a church that way Reasonable. I think you go around going I, I like this church because they say it like this mm-hmm. I like this church because I've always heard it was this way, but I started going to this church and they told me, don't really worry about that. God didn't really mean that. Or that, that was just back in the old days or, or God's changed how he views that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and they'll be like, well, in this church, we, they don't, they don't talk about it being bad to live together before you're married. They don't say that God would rather that God says you need to be married. Right. Yeah. They don't say that God says, that these things are important. Mm-hmm. I like to go to that church because they, they do it a different way. They may do it a different way. That doesn't make their way right. It may sound good. Mm-hmm. That and doesn't it make, make it correct. It please us. What is it? Itching ears? We have teachers. We have teachers that like to just Well, you'll certainly have more say. people come for a while. But the mm-hmm. problem is. You're not helping The them. problem is that eventually somebody reaches out to touch the ark and they pay for it. So they reach out to do that thing that they have been thinking about doing that is a sinful thing, and they know it's a sinful thing, but now I'm going to go to this church that's going to tell me it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to this church that's going to encourage me in that and tell me that, you know, all that God is is love, that he doesn't have judgment, that there aren't consequences. So I'm going to go to this church. It feels better. But then when they reach out and touch that thing, they still pay the price. They still die. The, The person responsible... And it goes to the old prophet, young prophet people. The way I see it, the person responsible is the person that told you that was fine. But God doesn't see it that way. God God says you needed to know what the truth was for yourself. Right. Right? Right. So even if you go to a church that tells you those things are okay, you have to read the Bible for yourself. You have to know the truth for yourself. And you can't just dismiss the parts you don't like. Right? You can't just. And so so back here, David's consulted with captains of thousands and hundreds 
every leader he's said to the congregation let's pull and together and he said if the lord our left. god let us sin uh-huh. let it be of the lord our god he says that in verse Secondly. three he says and let us bring again the ark of our god to us for we inquired not at it in the days of saul for all the congregations and i'm sorry and all the congregations said that they would do so for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people hmm is right. That sounds really that's good. That's a very big statement. It's right, right in the eyes of the people. Let, and it's like, it's almost like we know how bad Saul messed this up. Let's get this right. Let's put God in the center. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. And I want you to think too. I can't keep saying that. I read a thing by John MacArthur today and he said, there's, and you know, there's not really a sign, but get the point. He said, there's, you know, the Bible talks about a narrow road and a wide road. Mm-hmm. He said, the sign on the wide road and the sign on the narrow road is the same. They both say to heaven. One doesn't say to heaven and the other say to hell because nobody get on the wide road if it said to hell. Mm-hmm. It says to heaven, only you won't get there. Mm-hmm. That was his quote today. And I thought, and that's what this is. That is, this sounds great, but I'm not doing it God's way. And it's not going to lead me to the place I want to go. Mm-hmm. And right? my little feelings are going to get hurt mm-hmm. once in a while, right? God's word. But they both hurt your say feelings. this way to heaven, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And remember what you said when you started this: is some lessons hurt your feelings. This is mm-hmm. a hurt your feelings. This hurts my feelings. Sometimes God has to hurt our feelings to get our attention, mm-hmm. right? Um, and all the congregation said they would do it, for this thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together, uh, even to the entering of Hemath, to bring the ark of God from Kirjath Jerem. And David went up, and all Israel, to Baalah, Baal. that is to Kergat, which belongeth to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God of the Lord that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark. The Lord's name's on it. Right. Did I say right. that? No, I'm just making sure we oh. understand that sentence. Well, He's like, this doesn't belong to David. This doesn't it. belong to Israel. It's God. This belongs to God. Mm-hmm. You know how I know that? Because I'll tell you at the end of the story. <laughs> God's name's on this. And I think it's very important that he's telling you, listen, you know whose name's on this box? Whose name Mine. is called on it. Mm-hmm. Right. And they <clears throat> carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab. There's where it was. Mm-hmm. And Yuza and Ahio. Ohio. And Ohio. A buckeye drove the cart. Yeah. Okay. Now, first of all, I, I in verse 7. I can imagine, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine that creating that new cart, kind of like the Philistines did, you know, a new cart, never been touched by nothing else. We're going to make it, we're going to do this right. We're going to put it on here. That intention was not bad. That intention was not a bad intention. It's the wrong thing, but it's not the right, it's not a bad intention. Mm Mm-hmm. And David, new cart. and David and all Israel <laughs> played before God with all their might, with the singing and their harps and their psalteries and the timbrels and the cymbals with the trumpets. They are happy to bring it home. Mm-hmm. Right? And when they came unto the threshing floor of Shidon, Yuza put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. I, he didn't think about it. Mm-mm. You know he didn't think about it. It's just this thing is slipping, and this is important, and he reached and he dies. And, and the, the word the for it is Perez Uza. That's what they named it, mm-hmm. Perez. Pe- and I looked at that word today, and that means a breaking forth, like mm-hmm. just this sudden. Mm-hmm. 
right? And, the, and, and so let's read the verse so yeah. in case they don't know. In verse 10, it says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And that's what Perez means, a breach or a pouring out of the power of God in that instant. And, and Ben said, he died? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he died? It, you know, it really, and I'm like, I feel the same way when I read this story. Because mm-hmm. you know, uh, he was trying to do a good thing. Mm-hmm. And he reaches behind it. It's an automatic impulse. This thing's going to slide. It's important. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And whose fault is it? And I want to say, and I, and I started with, the, with Ben saying, it's David's fault. David didn't make sure mm-hmm. that this was carried the right way. And it's the priest's fault. Because the priests knew, and mm-hmm. they should have said, David, we can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. We have to do it this way. Because he consulted with all the people, right? It's not a secret mm-hmm. we're doing this thing. They should have said, here's what the Word of God says. We need these poles. We need these rings. We're going to carry it. We're going to walk it back the way God's told us to do. Mm-hmm. And then we can still have our celebration. We can have our music and our worship. But we've got to do this the way God says to do it. I said, it's the king's fault. It's the priest's fault. But you know what? It's Oz's fault. Because mm-hmm. he reached. I hate that. <laughs> I do too. But you know what? He's this right. is a holy, righteous God that he is serving. And this is a representation mm-hmm. of his presence among his people. And we can't touch it. And we can't take it lightly. And we can't. And it's like not it a box. Matter. And it's not a box. Right? Mm-mm. And I, I just, I guess what the reason that is such a big thought to me today is we always blame it's easy to blame church leaders mm-hmm. it's easy to blame the, the world situation and here's how the world sees things today and we don't live in the 1950s anymore and everybody's we've got a lot of new ideas and times have changed and we've always we've got, got these things we say we got- but ultimately it is you mm-hmm. that will be judged it is you that will stand before a righteous god and you are either covered by the blood of christ or, or not and you won't be able to blame anybody. And now God says that He said, "I'll hold those people that teach to a higher standard." He says that in Isaiah. He says it in the New Testament. I'll hold those people that are are responsible for giving out of the Word of God. They'll have their judgment and their day before me. But you won't escape the wrath of God because you somebody else didn't do your job for you to find out the way you're supposed to live, or you didn't ask, or, or you, you didn't, didn't inquire of God, or you. Just and I am took glad off. that I, if when I come to God, I come in Christ, and I can come to Him with anything. Mm-hmm. I can approach the Bible. Hebrews. The difference between Him and me is the cross. Mm-hmm. I can come boldly. To the throne of God. And because of the blood of Jesus applied to my life, I can come right up close as I want to get and talk to my father about anything I want to talk about, anytime I want to talk about. I, he's given me access to the father, but this is before the cross. And he has also given right? you access to listen to what he said. He's got a Holy Spirit and those that leads priests, and guides you too. Those priests that were supposed to be carrying this thing, Knew they that. were the ones that were the intermediaries for foretelling mm-hmm. what Jesus' job would be. And they let down their job. I get it. They let it down. But that doesn't mean and maybe, I can, and can maybe, do what he did. Maybe they let it just now. I'm making up excuses. But here's the way people think. Maybe they let it down, let them down, let down on their job because there were so few of them. Maybe um, the Philistines had demolished a lot of them. Maybe they were scattered. Maybe they were. But it doesn't matter. You're responsible for what you know. 
right? They still know, the priests still know what's supposed to happen. And it says he, up there in verse 2, um, the land was also also to the priests and Levites, which are in their cities and suburbs and gathered unto us. They, they had them. They were there. One of two things happened, okay? Mm-hmm. Either they knew and they didn't believe it. They thought they could figure out a better way. Mm-hmm. Or, or they, they were ignorant, ignorant of the word because they didn't study it and know it. And either way, but I guarantee you that when this happens, there's some reading going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. There's because some looking back. Now, what does the word God say about how forget, to carry though, the ark? Don't forget there. Here it says in verse 11, and David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach. And you know what? Verse 12. And He's David embarrassed. Was afraid of God. He's embarrassed and afraid. But that just day. think about the pre- all the eyes of Israel are on him right now. All these people from everywhere singing and praising and, and playing the trumpets and we're dancing, and we're bringing home the Lord. And here comes the ark, and everybody's praising God. And this tragedy happens. David is, it's a, it's a humiliating mistake. And it's death. And it's death. And he, and he caught, he's Uses partially children, responsible. He doesn't say that, but if but he had children or a wife or a mother or fam- whatever he's got, right? you know. This is on him a little mm-hmm. bit. It's on us, but it's on him. Verse 12, and David was afraid of God that day saying, how shall I bring the ark of God home to me? Can I just say that it's not a bad thing to be afraid of God? No, it is not. The fear of God is the beginning of knowledge. The fear Mm -hmm. of God is the beginning of wisdom. God will have respect for those that fear Him. Bible's full of those verses. What's that mean? A reverential honor, obedience, and an awe of an all-powerful God. That's Bible says, don't don't fear those that are able to destroy the body, but fear the one that's able to destroy the body and soul in hell. That that it is not. It is the beginning of your spiritual education. So have some fear if, for Almighty if God. If I was going to say what I felt like the church has forgotten. That he's holy. That he's holy. And that he doesn't just, we somehow in our mind think that we tell God what he's got to do. We drag him behind us and on cart. And it just doesn't work that way. He We're is never not going to drag him behind us on what to do. He tells us what to do. Right. In my life, from this lesson for me, it was how many times have you caused your own grief because you start off with what you think you know to do or you interpret something your way and you never went to God and asked. I'll give you one more. How many people just doing what we ask them to do have we hurt mm-hmm. by not seeking God and doing what he yes. has to do? Because, or, how many people as, as like Christian leaders, I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about leaders in a church, and it's a heavy mantle you wear. How many people that when we didn't seek God, we just, this was just our great idea, and we didn't say, God, do you think it's a good idea? Or what's mm-hmm, your word say mm-hmm. about this? Yep. People following us like Uzzah mm-hmm. have been hurt. Have been hurt and fall off. You know they do because mm-hmm. we've seen that our whole entire life. And we're partially responsible. We're we're, they're we're, responsible too. But so are the leaders who put them in that position without finding out what God would have them do. It is scary to think of the many times that we just do. We just act. We think we already know. We've been there before. We've done this another time. And and the reason I say that is I think about the times now I'm not I'm stepping completely away from this story for a minute. But there are times in scripture where the battle is going to take place and before they ever do anything, God solves the problem. You know, they die. Chapter 14. Is that what's coming? Okay. <laughs> Chapter but, 14, he's going to go ahead of them in the mulberry trees. We'll talk right, about that right. next week. But, 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 he, yeah. but we limit God. We think that if we can't figure it out or if it doesn't make sense to us, we have, we we can't trust that he'll take care of what he... And man, I'm trying really hard to learn to trust. 
I have no idea what tomorrow holds, but I trust God to know, to teach me and to help me and to show me what I need to do. And I, I want to stay close enough that I don't forget to ask and I don't just act on my own because I agree with you. I think the most people are hurt in a church by people who think they're doing the right thing and just gladly giving out good thoughts and good stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're not or helping. softening or compromising the word to make them feel mm -hmm. better. You're not helping them by doing mm -hmm. that. It's better that their little feelings get hurt once in a while if to line up to the word of God. Not my word, not what I say. My opinion not doesn't me. matter to anything. Not, not me, but what mm -hmm. God says. Right. And in this case, there were written rules about how mm -hmm. to do this all over the place. There's there in Deuteronomy, there in Samuel, there, in, there are all kinds of places that say right. how this is supposed to happen. And somehow... We, we just look. forgot to ask. Or, or, we just or through took spiritual out. decline, we forgot. And we just walked on and did it our own way, and now we have a dead fellow. And a fear, which is good that there's a fear. It, that's a, but verse 13 something. says, So David brought not the ark home to himself but to the city of David, but carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom in the Gittite. How embarrassing. Do you know what mm -hmm. a Gittite is? A Gittite is a citizen of Gath. <laughs> oh, dear. Do you know who David's That's great story of defeating is? Goliath. Goliath Gath. of Gath. Mm -hmm. David wants to bring the ark to him, and he's forced through this horrible error to leave it to put it in a Gittite's house. And what's amazing about that is this is what I was telling you about, like David learning this lesson. This is a hard lesson. I think it Samuel is a lesson. never one time learned to trust God. Every time he trusted himself over God, that's why he's rejected Saul. as king. Saul. That's what I mean. Was I didn't mean Samuel, forgive me. I'm talking about King Saul, David's predecessor. He never learned this lesson. No, and he always and the made excuses. Is he, taken from him. He would say for this reason. Saul's number one his number one thing was, Yeah, but I meant this or my I intention I did it was for this. this. My right. intentions were good. But he always trusts his own judgment above God's. Mm-hmm. And here's David, and David's a man after God. Like I said, anointed king. Messiah's come through his line. But guess what? Same deal. Did the same thing. Same deal. He, God is saying to him, it's not going to be your way. It's going to be my way, like we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. And then I want you to look. Here's a person, not even a Jewish person, not an Israelite. Mm -mm. And his house is abundantly blessed and by the verse, present of the Ark of the Covenant. What right. I'm meaning is, verse 14, God is God of all people. And the Ark of God he, remained with the family this of This is not about, the Ark doesn't work because they're such great people. It is not. They a, are blessed people because the Ark works. Mm-hmm. Right? God, right. it's the same thing with us. And Christian people are not better, superior foot. to unsaved people. We are, we have a better life because God in us, the hope of glory mm -hmm. has done something, but we get the idea like we're the good ones and they're the bad ones. No, we're the saved ones, mm -hmm. right? And, and what makes us anything that is special is the presence of God in our life. And we have right? to guard He's that, the point. right? We have to guard that relationship of what God is to us. Because this Obed-Edom guy, be we just, this, this Hittite, mm -hmm. Not Hittite. Gittite. This Gittite. Gittite, which is from Gath. I looked that up today. He he experiences the overwhelming blessing of God, His just like months. Israel does. Right? And the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he God's had. God's no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. God's God. Mm -hmm. Of everybody. If you're blessed by him, it isn't because you're so special. No. It's because he's so special. 
and and, and, you, we, and he's given you. And if his we're not careful, we get that backwards, and we start <clears throat> to forget. And start I've to earned think that. It's us. And we we didn't. You do can't anything. touch the ark without the blood of Christ, right? Period. That's what we're saying. We we're not so special that that our presence is what God is 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 excited mm -hmm. about. We're excited about His presence, mm -hmm. right? And then <clears throat> he also David in chapter fourteen goes ahead and does a few more things he ought not do. He does, but he also is blessed. He also is blessed. By a victory. Now, verse, chapter 14, verse 1. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and timbers of cedars and masons and carpenters to build him a house. And David perceived that the Lord had confirmed him king over Israel, for his kingdom was lifted up on high because of his people Israel. And I just want to remind everybody what you said last week. When we looked at the world timeline, David's the big thing he, he is in this thing. time period. And David took more wives at Jerusalem, and David begot more sons and daughters. Now these are the names of his children, which he had, and it names them down to verse 8. And when the Philistines heard that David was anointed king over all, over all Israel, all of the Philistines went up to seek David, and David heard of it and went out against them. Now, I, I stopped for a second because... If you remember, what is it, seven years and so many months, he's in Hebron only, and then he comes this to all. This is a past event coming to haunt him. Mm -hmm. Right. Because he fought for the Philistines for a time, running from Saul, mm -hmm. like you're saying. Right. And now you're having to eat the consequences of this, but God is on his side, and God is with him. And he's. Mm -hmm. if, and if Uzzah hadn't died, I wondered how this battle had went. Mm -hmm. If David hadn't had to stop, Mm-hmm have that embarrassing mistake mm -hmm. seek the word of the lord have a little fear mm -hmm. how does this battle go mm -hmm. because this next battle that's coming up they're coming after him saying wait a minute we know you david and we're going to take you down you're mm -hmm. not going to be king of anything they spread themselves in the valley you. of rephaim and david verse 10 inquired of god saying shall i go up against the philistines not the people not the people. Because you know what the people Not would have the said? People. What would the people have said? Let's make peace with these guys. They've got higher... Wouldn't they? We ran from them under Saul. Remember, we were scattered. The Bible mm -hmm. says like sheep into caves and rocks. We mm -hmm. lost against the Philistines. They're busy. They just killed our last king. They got right? chariots in their But this time David and... says, God, what would you have me to do? Mm -hmm. First. Very, very first. first. Mm -hmm. and, this, and what does God say? Shall I go up against the Philistines and wilt thou deliver them into my hand? Not only should I go, are you on our side? Or, yeah, is this lined up with what you want done? Mm -hmm. And the Lord <clears throat> said unto him, Go up, for I will deliver them into thine hand. The part that makes me smile for this part here is he, David, evidently has realized. Learned a lesson. Oh, something important here. And God didn't just give up on him and say, Well, yep, I'm done with you. And David's right? not still pouting, saying, I'm not going to ask God yeah. because he hurt my feelings. Yeah, right, right. He repented, mm -hmm. and he goes to God, and he learns a lesson. And I, I wish... We grow that up I and learn wish, a lesson. I wish that we would grow up faster. We mm -hmm. we are so slow to just admit we were wrong. Sorry, did it wrong. Didn't didn't think about it that way. Messed it up. Forgive me, God. Let's move on, right? Because mm -hmm. He's just He will forgive us if we ask. So, verse eleven. They came up to uh, Baal Perazim. And David smote them there, and David said, God hath broken in upon mine enemies by mine hand like the breaking forth of waters. Therefore they called the name of that place baal Perazim, which is the same thing as it was over so here. So in the, the other story, we forth. have the breaking forth of God. This place, you're supposed to be terrified because the false king, the false god Baal has broken forth in this mm -hmm. area. So are we afraid of the power of God? 
Are we afraid of the power of Baal, mm. which is Satan, which is, you know, false religion? Mm-hmm. This, this story has a lot of things going on in it. Mm-hmm. It does. Right? This next battle he's going to face, are we going to be afraid of the breaking forth of Baal and his power? Mm-hmm. No, not when God's on our side. Right. And God's going to illustrate to David exactly how much he's on his side. The way, See, what we're, you're going to find out the way he wins this battle. Mm-hmm. God doesn't have to do it the way he does it. He does it so David can hear it. This is for David's sake. This is for David, yes. And anybody who's listening. This is for David's sake. And us as we read it now. And verse 12, and when they had left their gods there, so that's interesting that the Philistines leave their gods. They put their gods down so they can go fight the battle. Now David's God is with them. Mm -hmm. But but Baal and the false gods are sitting on the grass. Right. They left their gods there. David gave a commandment, and they were burnt with fire, which is exactly, I believe it's, I don't know if it's in Deuteronomy or where, but it's way back, Leviticus Numbers, one of those. He says, if you that's what you're supposed to do with them, mm-hmm. burn them with fire. And the Philistines yet again spread themselves abroad in the valley. Therefore David inquired again of God, and God said unto him, Go not up after them. Now, he could have done like Joshua's group did, remember, when they took Jericho and then they went to Ai and said oh well this is a small place we can do that he said he said he he asks again you can't just assume you've got to ask Mm -hmm. and God said unto him go not up after them turn away from them and come upon them over against the mulberry trees I want to show you something David and it shall be that when thou shalt hear the sound of going in the tops of the mulberry trees I always I always wondered if that meant the sound of marching or the sound of chariots or the sound of horses or what the noise was then that thou then shalt go out to battle for God is gone before thee to smite the host of the Philistines David therefore did as God commanded him and they smote the host of the Philistines from Gibeon even to Gezer and the fame of David went out into all the lands and the Lord brought the fear of him upon all nations interesting huh there's that word fear again. Mm-hmm. When David got his respect, reverence, awe, fear for God in the right place, then his enemies had a reason to fear. He, he, we said it last week, when, you fear, when the fear of God is in the right place in your life, you need fear nothing else. Mm-hmm. And God says to him, like, it seems like it would just make perfect sense. We've won this first battle. We'll pursue him and finish it. God's like, no, you Don't won't pursue that. it. You'll follow me. Mm-hmm. That's what we just learned with the ark. I don't follow you on a cart. I go first. Mm-hmm. You follow me. When you hear me moving, the army's the host of God moving, you'll know that I'm going in front of you so that you win this battle. We got to get lined up the right way. God first. Can't us, you just hear behind. preachers preaching on this? I hope we've got I a few I can listening. remember my dad preaching mm-hmm. on this. I can you remember can him getting so excited about the going in the tops of the mulberry trees, trees mm-hmm. that the presence of God. And just imagine what David's learning in this. I mean, he's a young king. He's got a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. But he's learning God goes first always every time god goes first and then i don't have to be afraid Mm -hmm. the fear is on the enemy Mm -hmm. the fear is on the enemy because i'm protected we we can burn up these false gods because they're nothing Mm -hmm. but but the god we serve goes ahead of us and we are with him all the time he's not something we leave in a heat till we come back Mm -mm. right He's, no, he's, no, he is fact, the living God. In this case, he said, just wait. I'll take just care of the. I'll take care of this. I'll go you first, just go and on then behind you come me. behind me. So they needed to be lined up. Here's the thing. The priests needed to be lined up. The, people the leaders needed, needed to be lined up, and David needed, needed to be lined, to be lined up. up. Yep. Right? And how easy it is to get out of line. 
because we think we've done it before so we know what to do <clears throat> next and we don't every situation needs guidance from god you need that and i'm talking to myself not just and i'm talking to myself so we're almost out of time but for church members been here a while Yes, there's activities the churches need to do. Yes, there's things we need to inquire of God. What do you want us to do? Where should we be? What should we be doing? Um, don't be afraid to take a minute and stop and say, wait, whoa, I know this has worked before, but what do you want me to do here? What's, what's the best course of action? Because God will do what God does, and he will bless those that he wants to. He will take care of things if we just make sure he's in the front. And we're listening to what his word says. And we're doing what we know his word says to do. Young or old, but, but young Christians. Um, I can tell you from personal experience that I have embarrassed myself mm -hmm. in the church, in the Lord. I have done things that I wish so badly I could take those words that came out of my mouth and not have said them, that I could have been smarter about knowing what I've done that hurt somebody. I didn't, that wasn't my intention. My intention was not that at all, but, but my foolishness was I wasn't lining myself up with the way God thought. I was trying to make it easy for him. I was trying to help him. Mm -hmm. I was trying to do, you know, make it better so it wasn't quite so harsh. I have had conversations, like I said, that I wish I could take back, but I just want you to know you will make embarrassing mistakes. You will. Leader, you will make mistakes that hey, you think. Leader too. Leaders the same way. You'll Don't make mistakes happen. where you think, well, he's done with me. Mm -hmm. How do I come back from this one? How do I get over this blunder? I mean, everybody's going to be laughing at me. I had everybody dancing and praising God in front of you. That's what David, you know what I mean? David's like, I, I made this great big show and I look like an idiot now. I know, I know what that feels like, right? Because you will make humiliating mistakes. As if you follow the Lord, you're going to. And you need to know God's not done with you. He's just waiting. He's waiting till you say, I'm going to ask God what I'm going to do first. Mm -hmm. I'm going to learn this lesson and I'm going to have some fear and respect for who he is. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to wait for him to move. And I'm going to follow him. I wrote on my notes that you follow me. Mm -hmm. I, I follow. I have to follow Jesus, not Jesus follow me. I'm not dragging him into my plans. I'm following after he his first. heart. Mm -hmm. He goes first. And the hardest thing in the world for a young Christian or old Christian, I don't care what you think, to do is wait. Mm -hmm. Because be we think, no. I want to do something now. I want to fix it now. I, want, I, I know what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I've got the right idea. And sometimes you just need to put your hand over your mouth and wait a minute. Wait a minute. And, and maybe, watch him move. Because maybe he'll say no. And sometimes he'll work it out before you get there. <laughs> he'll go in the tops of the mulberry trees. He'll fight yeah. your battle ahead of you. And when you walk in, the victory's kind of easy because he's went ahead of you in this situation. Mm -hmm. And it's already And solved. I'm telling you, don't give up when you humiliate yourself. God's not done with you yet. Repent and turn and, and realize if he didn't love you, he wouldn't be dealing with you. And the second thing is learn to wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Right? Let him lead. I don't mean do nothing. I mean wait on Submit. the Lord. It's called submission. It's submission to the Lord. And it's putting yourself second and putting his thoughts first. It's not easy. It's not. That's a hard thing to do because mm -hmm. our human nature is completely contrary to that. But that was a lot to unpackage in two chapters. I'm sure there's many more things we could have went on and said and 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 talked about for a lot longer than the time has allowed today. But thank you for joining us. Thank you for studying with us. Um, it's our goal just to bring the Word of God to the open. Just open it up, read it, 
and let's let's get there we got to get there right thank you for joining us we'll see you next week keep your bibles open